0: Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by coachingwithroy.com. You found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now here's your host, the owner of coachingwithroy.com, number 1 best-selling author, certified relationship coach and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host, as always, and this week is part five of a seven-part series that I have titled Quantum Quotes, Pithy Wisdom for Life and Love. And as I've been sharing in each one of these, the whole idea is that I've come across seven really powerful, but really short quotes from some of the mystics and masters that have lived sometimes thousands of years ago sometimes they're still alive today but they have little sayings that can give us if we if we live by them if we integrate them if we work toward embodying them that these short pithy quotes can produce a quantum leap in the quality of our lives and the depth of our relationships and our ability to create healthy sustainable dynamics okay and with today's that is as true as with any of them because today's quote is so simple it's so almost innocuous it's it's a type of phrase where if you read it you would just skip right over it you It it, it, it might not touch you. It might not catch your attention. It, It just might be like white noise or something. Because this quote is from Eckhart Tolle. And it is the first line in his book, The Power of Now. The Power of Now is one of the best spiritual personal growth books that's ever been written. When I did a podcast, a oh, pretty long time ago now, on my the, the best seven relationship and personal growth books ever written, like I ranked them one to seven in my opinion. Um, I believe Eckhart was like this book was number two or three on the list or four or something, but it was certainly on the list. Um, Eckhart totally anything that Eckhart has done or written. Um, he has videos all over the place. That guy is worth listening to. Okay. Just an enlightened being one of the few people on earth that I would say that person's enlightened. I I think Michael Singer is enlightened. I think Eckhart is enlightened. I don't know if I can go much beyond those two. (laughs) Um, and I'm guessing there too, because I don't know these people in their private lives and who knows what the hell's going on, but, um, they look like they have been spiritual teachers for 40 or 50 years and, um, they have maintained a level of integrity and a level of consistency that makes me say, no, these, these people really have arrived. Uh, if there is such a thing as arriving anyway, this is the, 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 this is the sentence that Eckhart starts that book, The Power of Now, with. He writes, I have little use for the past and rarely think about it. And then he goes on to share the story of how he became a spiritual teacher. He shares a little bit about his history. But that's, that's the phrase. I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it. Oh my God, how freeing would it be if that were true for you and me. And that was a rhyme. <laughs> Unintentional. Can you imagine? Just just try to imagine how freeing it would be if you actually experienced and you could say, with all honesty, I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it. Can you just, just imagine that? Imagine that with the history of your love life. You know, you've been hurt, right? You've been betrayed probably. You've been ghosted or gaslighted or lied to or deceived or cheated on or whatever, right? I have, you have. What if what if you could honestly say I have little use for all that and I rarely think about it? Wouldn't that be unbelievably life-changing? Wouldn't your life take a quantum leap forward? If you rarely thought about the past, and when I say past, I mean five seconds ago, not just the five years ago or the 20 years ago, I mean everything that is not right now. What if you just never put any mental or psychic energy on things that already happened but notice, notice this, notice how often you have a conversation with someone and then you, you walk away, you go back to your office or you go back to work or you go on with your day, you go on to the grocery store or whatever. You have a conversation on the phone or in person and then you, you hang up or you, you move on. Do you never notice how much that conversation still continues in your head? <laughs> Well, I wish I had said that. I, well, I can't believe that person said that. You know, uh, man, I I, I probably should have. I probably shouldn't have said that. What are they going to think of me? I can't believe we did that. Um, is is it just me? Where conversations end, but they don't end in your head. You keep having them. Like when I broke up with my ex fiance. Well, she broke up with me. Let's just be clear about that. She she did both of us a favor, but. She had the guts to actually end the relationship. It, she was right. Um, it broke my heart. But I often say that, you know, I put the bullets in the gun, but she pulled the trigger. You know what I mean? Like she's the one that actually ended the relationship. But for for at least a year, it, and I'm being nice to myself, it, it, probably closer to two years after she broke up with me, I would regularly have conversations with her. In my head. No, I never spoke to her in person. But I had all these imaginary conversations about what I would say to her. What I wish I had said to her. I rehashed and I reminisced. And I remembered. And I I, I just had this ongoing relationship with my ex-fiance in my fucking head. Can you relate to that? But Eckhart says, I have little use for the past. I rarely think about it. I think that if if we can embody that, you can you can call yourself enlightened. Because I just don't know if you would. I just don't know if you'd have any anger. You certainly wouldn't have any. There, there wouldn't be any need to forgive. I mean, I was like, I have little use for the past. I rarely think about it. Well, I was like, so you would you would let go of everything, wouldn't you? Because you are not keeping it alive. Have you noticed? Sort of the more you talk about something, it's like you're keeping it alive. You're keeping it going. You're keeping it going. You're feeding it. You're rehashing. You're reminiscing. You're doing all this stuff and you're keeping it. You're you're not letting go if you're still talking about something. (laughs) I have these conversations with my clients, you know, because part part of creating a great relationship future with someone else is letting go of your past so that you can be present with a new person. I call it, having space in your heart for someone new. If there's someone still in there, there's no room in the end. There's no no room for someone new because your ex or whoever is still in there. And so they say, no, no, I've let go of that. But then they're honest enough to admit, no, I talk about them all the time. I talk about what happened in the past to my friends all the time. I'm going on and on and on about it. And everybody I meet is going to hear about my story everybody's gonna you know you know everybody I, I talk to even even new men or women I meet in the dating scene are going to hear about my past about what men did to me or what my ex did to me and all that kind of stuff right I remember one of my best buddies back when my ex-fiance broke up with me we were I remember exactly where we were we were at a sports bar we were having a beer together this was about 15 months after my ex-fiance broke up with me 15 months. And I brought up her name and he interrupted me and he said, Roy, goddammit, it. If I hear her name one more time, I swear to God, I'm, I'm getting up. I'm walking away. I'm never going to speak to you again. I am so tired of it. Would you shut up about her? Would you get on with your life? Like, let it go, dude. <laughs> now, at the time, I was a little angry with him. I thought you're not being a very good friend. You're being mean to me. You're not being very compassionate. But you know what? He was so damn right, because I was hung up on the past, living it, and, and I was still miserable. But Eckhart says, eh, "I have little use for the past. I rarely think about it." Whoa! Do you see how you could just read past that and not notice the wisdom and the power of that statement, <laughs> and 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 notice like how. How difficult that would be? But the part I want you to get is to imagine just how free you would be if that was true of you. Now, some of you who follow this podcast and know a little bit about my story know that you know. in addition to being a relationship coach and being all interested most of my life in spiritual and emotional and relational issues, it's always been a passion of mine. I've also been a professional golfer. I still am te- technically, right? I still play little tournaments around the Chicago area in the summertime. I don't travel and do stuff like I used to. It's just little local stuff I do one day a week, maybe play a tournament on a Monday or something. Um, but back in the day when I played full time on the PGA tour and you know, all the stuff you see on TV, um, I had a variety of people that I worked with and I, I had a sports psychologist because golf is a very mental game. Um, they they often say the most important six inches in golf is the six inches between your ears, okay? So anybody who plays any golf at all knows how true that is. And so all of sports psychology is basically helping a player learn how to forget about the past (laughs) and just be present with this shot. Like be here now, hit this one. Don't hit this one when you're thinking about the last one. Don't play this hole thinking about, oh, the last time I played this hole, I hit it over there in the trees, right? You you can't perform well or anywhere near your best in the present moment if your attention is in the past. So it's true in sports. It's probably more true in relationships. How many of us can relate to Meeting a new person and recognizing that as I'm meeting this new person, it's actually a menage a trois from hell, meaning it's me and it's them and my past, and the three of us are in this relationship together. <laughs> right? You meet someone, and you might be a little guarded. You might be a little suspicious. You might be a little hesitant. You might have some trust issues. What are trust issues? Isn't it the past is alive in you? Could you ever have trust issues if you actually embodied the phrase, I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it? How could you have trust issues? Because trust issues are all about something that happened in the past. But what, but if you're never thinking about it, you don't put any attention on it, you don't care about it, you... You're just not back there. You're here. You're just not back there. Then how do you have a trust issue? So the ability to create a healthy relationship really is the ability to remove the past that can stand in between you and a new person, right? We talk about having walls around our heart. Well, every brick in that wall is built on something from the past. Correct? And this is what this is why we all love little children so much. Little children are so trusting. You see a little 2 or 3-year-old and they'll smile at you. Why? Because they don't have any baggage. <laughs> Nothing's happened to them. They haven't been hurt, they haven't been taken advantage of, they haven't been lied to. And so little children are just open. They're present. They don't have anything going on in their heads about, oh my God, is that person going to judge me? Are they going to cheat on me like the last one cheated on me? You know, well, they said this and I remember my ex said the same thing and you know what happened with my ex. So maybe I shouldn't trust this person. See, They don't have any of that going on. They don't have a past. I often joke the only people in the world that don't have a past are the little babies in the maternity ward. But Eckhart's saying, I sort of live like that. Uh, I, I have little use for the past. I rarely think about it. So it's like nothing that happened in the past is just worth paying attention to. It's just in the past. It's gone. It's how powerful. Now, I want to give you a little window into my soul here kind of a funny one, kind of a sweet one. And by doing this, I want to let you know what I don't mean about having little lose for the past and rarely thinking about it. So just now, and I mean like what? we're f- 16 minutes into this right now. So like 17 minutes ago, just before I started to record this podcast, I was downstairs talking to my wife because sometimes I record these podcasts two or three at a time, um, and I was in between. And my wife said, "When you get done with your podcast, come down. I, I want to share something with you." And so, in between, um, I went downstairs, and she's going through some things in the closet, doing God knows whatever she's doing. <laughs> but she's going through the closet, and she came up upon a box, and she is saved. All of the wedding and anniversary cards that I've ever given her. And she wanted to show them to me. So when I went down there, she was sitting on the couch and she waved me over and she's got, we've been married 14 years. So I think there's like 28 cards in there. She loves cards. And so I I get her uh, birthday cards and I get her Valentine's Day cards and anniversary cards. She, She loves that stuff. Obviously, she keeps them. And she's a, just a blubbering mess sitting on the couch. She's just whimpering and tears are coming down her face. And she's so happy. And she goes through every card with me and says, look what you wrote. You're so sweet. Right? And she goes through every one of them. So um, she has some use for the past. And she loves thinking about it. Right? So she shares those kind of cards. And she's going to keep them because she's doing some house clean right now. And you no, know, she's going to keep those. Our our first formal, like major event date, we had been dating for a number of months, but the first time we, we went to an event is we went to a concert by Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Now, neither one of us are really big country music people, but we both like them and somebody gave us free tickets. And so... And so I took her like, this is, this is like one of our first dates where we did something, you know, different than maybe going to dinner or a movie or something. Okay. And she had the tickets. She saved them. (laughs) Okay. Um, So when I'm talking about letting go of the past and have little use for it and rarely thinking about it, I'm not meaning that you should get rid of past birthday cards that your kids have given you or stuff like that. I'm not saying you shouldn't have photo albums, you know, that are pictures of things that, you know, your kids when they were young and you with some of your friends or your high school friends, you know, uh, my, my, my wife's mother recently passed away and she had like 40 or 50 large photo albums. I'm not kidding. I mean, the big ones. They're like one foot by one foot square. She had like 40 of them filled with pictures. And they, you know, they were going through them and everybody was laughing and smiling and crying and remembering grandma, you know, and, and all that stuff. Okay. That's, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Because mostly because, um, it's about the past, but it's good stuff, (laughs) It's, it's the happy stuff. It's the stuff that w- if you're going to remember and focus on the past, that would be it, right? It's, it makes you cry. It, it makes you smile. It, it brings warmth, okay? So if you're keeping track of the past like that, good for you, okay? I, I would imagine that Eckhart has pictures of him and his wife on their wedding day. I would imagine he saved those, <laughs> I would think I would hope that I would like to think he gets his wife a a birthday card. And my guess is she probably keeps them. Okay. So that doesn't mean they're living in the past. Right. So I just wanted to clear that up. And I also wanted to let you know just what happened 15, 20 minutes ago when I went downstairs and my wife was just crying and sobbing and look how sweet you used to be Roy. (laughs) I know she didn't say that. Um, cause I keep giving her cards and stuff like that. So, um, so when we're talking about something like, I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it, it's, it's mostly speaking about the things that are painful or the bad experiences or things that have happened to us that we can turn into an identity. You know how it's easy to kind of see yourself as I'm the one who's been cheated on because four people have cheated on me or I'm the one who always loses his job. You know, you can have experiences that can somehow begin to crystallize within you and you begin to form an identity around it. I'm the one that nobody asks out on a second date. I'm the one that women don't find attractive. I'm the one who always finishes whatever. You know what I mean? So again, um, always got to come back to Michael Singer, One one of the phrases I... I could have used in this series, but I didn't was one of his sayings is um, we have um, our, our, our national pastime is collecting bad experiences. <laughs> Much of Michael Singer's work is all about letting go of the past because the past, when it's in our bodies creates what Eckhart calls the pain body. It's this emotional Wounding these emotional scars that are still alive in us, but they lay dormant in the body and then something happens and it triggers an old memory. It triggers an old wound and we feel like we're eight years old again. We feel like we're a child again and the, the abandonment wound comes up or something like that. Eckhart calls that the pain body. It's stuff that you haven't let go of. It's the past that's in you but it's laying there dormant, waiting for something or someone to ignite it and then it comes up again, okay? Um, Michael Singer calls those things in the Hindu word as samskara. It's the same thing. It's old stuff you haven't let go of that's still in you. and it, it. So that's what we're talking about here. As I have little use for the past, I rarely think about it, meaning I don't hold on To the negativity, I've let go of the wounds. I've let go of what people have done. There's no one left to forgive. There's nothing to forgive. It's, it's. I'm not collecting all my bad experiences and putting them in my little psychological, you know, photo album. And I bring them up into my awareness. And oh, remember what my ex did to me ten years ago. Remember what that person said to me back in high school. You know, I'm going back to my. I'm going back to my high school reunion. I'm going to give that person a piece of my mind. or something I should have done 25 years ago. Right? Come on now. This is what we do. Right? We, We have a collection of bad experiences all stored up on the inside. And we think about it, especially when something triggers it. Which brings up a really good point. How do you know if the past is still alive in you? Well, the way you know is by how often you get triggered. How often do your buttons get pushed? If there are no buttons to push, that means there is nothing in you that you're holding on to. If somebody pushes a button in you and nothing comes out, that means there's nothing in there. I, I, I often say <laughs> that we're like a vending machine and we're loaded with you know chips and crackers and little Chips Ahoy cookies and you know, Fritos and peanut m and It's like, we're like a vending machine that's loaded with all these things from the past, all these bad experiences. And then someone comes along and they don't text us right away. And our abandonment little package, our little bag of abandonment goodies that's inside of us, that button gets pushed because you didn't text me the way you said you would. And you get triggered. You get a reaction. You're upset. So how do you know the past is alive in you? Because of your reactions to things. Because if I've let go of my past, then my vending machine's empty. You can push all the buttons you want, but nothing's going to come out because nothing's in there. Nothing's in there. So you cannot text me. And all it's going to mean is they didn't text me. It's not going to mean, oh, they don't like me, or I did something wrong, or they're an asshole, they're a liar, they're another person who's just another ghoster piece of shit you meet on the internet. No, you're not going to have that reaction. It's like, no, they just didn't text me. No reaction. Because there's nothing in you. So can you admit that the past is very much alive in you because you do get triggered? Because because there's all kinds of buttons that you have on your... Uh, on your body and people push them all the time and stuff comes out of you? (laughs) Me too. Okay, me too. That's why I'm bringing up this quote. This is like, let's move in the direction of having Eckhart's attitude. I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it. What freedom. What absolute freedom to meet every moment fresh. Fresh. To not come with assumptions based upon the past. With not, you know, where you're not assuming, well, this is what's going to happen now because that's what happened then. What if we could wake up every morning with a clean emotional slate? I wonder if this is a little bit about what Groundhog Day was about, that movie. He wakes up and he gets to start over, the same day. <laughs> maybe not, but isn't wasn't there a movie somewhere where maybe because you know in a lot of movies somebody has amnesia, right? <laughs> and I often think that man, that would be such a gift to lose all your memory. I mean, well, I guess uh, a lot, as long as the memory you lost were all the bad experiences, that'd be great if somebody can knock you on the head. And you would automatically not be able to remember when anyone lied to you or cheated or made fun of you or abandoned you or you know did whatever. You just had no memory of it. You know that'd be great. You could start every day with a clean emotional slate, like you wiped the blackboard clean. Nothing here. Brand new day. Let's see what happens. But you're not you're not living today in reference to what happened yesterday. You're not dating this new person while keeping in mind what happened with the last person and sort of comparing them. Well, they're not as attractive or they don't treat me as well or this person is better at this than that person was better at that. This is a real difficulty in relationship. When you get dumped by someone, and like when I, when my ex-fiance dumped me, You know, um, I was still for a long time, very enamored with my ex, my ex fiance. I would, everybody I dated, I would be comparing to her. Do we have more chemistry than what I had with her? Do we have less? Is she as attractive or more attractive? Do we have as much fun? Right. And so a lot of the new women that I dated, they didn't. They didn't have a chance because they didn't know that they were being compared to someone. And then I was making decisions on how I would feel about them based upon whether or not they were as good or not as good as my last one. I mean, some women exceeded my ex-fiance in some ways and some women didn't. But I'm playing that game in my head so I'm not really relating to the new person. I'm relating to the new person through all of my memory of the last one. Ew. But we this is what we do. And this is why we sabotage our love lives. <laughs> this is why we're single. <laughs> because we do this shit. Now, people that are in relationships, they do it too, right? You know that. You've been in relationships. And you can keep the past alive. Remember in the last podcast... I talked about, you know, putting the present moment into words, not putting the past into words, but you know how often, how easy it is to throw something from the past in your partner's face, to bring it up again, to blame them again, to use it sort of as leverage on them. What does that mean? That just means you have a lot of use for the past and you always think about it. Is that a more accurate statement of your life? I think it, it is sometimes of mine. I have a lot of use for the past, and I always think about it. While Eckhart says, I have little use for the past, and I rarely think of it. Now, this is our choice. We, we, really, do, we really do have the freedom to choose what we're going to dwell on and pay attention to. Now, as I mentioned maybe a couple podcasts ago, you don't have a choice to choose. You don't choose every thought that pops in your head, okay? So I could be driving down the street and go, pl- go past a restaurant that me and my ex-fiance used to go to, or I could see a car that the last time, I, well, it's been 16 or 17 years since I've seen her, but back then I know what kind of car she drove. That car still exists in the world. So or the model anyway, the make. Um, I could see that car and all of a sudden I could have a, a you know a memory pops in my head, a thought pops in my head about her. Now at that moment, I can entertain that thought and I can jump on that baby and I can ride it for minutes or hours or days, right? I can start wondering what she's doing and, Why did this happen? I can't believe she ever said that to me. Just because it was 20 years ago doesn't mean I don't remember it. I mean, it's, you know, not thinking about the past doesn't mean you don't have a memory, right? So I can can take a random thought that somehow just pops into my head, but now I have the choice. Am I going to dwell on that? Am I going to focus on that? Am I going to mull it around inside of me or am I just going to let it go? It pops up and then it pops gone. <laughs> it pops in and pops out. It's like it goes in one ear and out the other, right? So we do have control over what we dwell on, what we believe, what we hold on to, what we really think about. But we don't have choice about some random thought popping up in your head. I mean, you know, I think I used the illustration. You might be driving down the street. Somebody cuts you off and a thought pops in your head. You know I ought to ram into you, right? You didn't, that thought just popped in your head. You, you, You didn't decide and say, you know what? Right now, because they cut me off, I am going to think about the thought. I'm going to make the thought. I feel like ramming into you. You don't do it like that. Before you even notice it, the thought's there. It's just, boom, it pops, now, you can either do it or not. You can listen to it and pay attention to it and act on it. Or you could say, "Ooh, that's nuts. Where'd that one come from? <laughs> and just move on with your day, right? So it's the same thing here. Memories get triggered, right? That these, these thoughts pop into your head, but you can entertain them. And that's what Eckhart's talking about. I rarely think about it. I rarely let a thought about the past stay longer than maybe a second. It might pop up. Oh, I remember doing that. That's it. It's enough. I'm not going to go back there and relive it and rehash it and all that stuff. But we really do have a habit of collecting bad experiences. So how do you get there, Roy, might be the question. How do I get to the place where I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it? Well, the first thing is making the commitment that you don't want to live in the past. You, you, you have to get to the place where you see, I want to be free. I don't want my past to be blocking me. I don't want you know to keep it alive so that I'm angry and bitter and full of resentment and having trust issues or any of that stuff. So the first thing starts with, um, I want to let it go, okay? The second thing is recognizing, really recognizing that the past is the past. There is nothing you can do about it, and it doesn't matter. Nothing that happened in the past can keep you from being present now. So where's the power in it? It It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any power over you. It really doesn't, unless you give it power by keeping it alive and talking about it and reminiscing and making it a big deal. Just because something happened to you 20 years ago, just because maybe your father was an addict or, um, or he left the family and and you've got this abandonment thing. Well, you were abandoned then doesn't mean you're abandoned now. You can just let that go what, what, what is this abandonment wound? Isn't saying I have an abandonment wound, isn't that saying that the past is alive in me? Because if I rarely, if I have little use for the past and I rarely think of it, how do I have an abandonment wound? I just have a father that wasn't there. He left the family or he was an addict. But now I'm 45 years old. I'm not abandoned. I got family and friends and people all around me. What are you talking about? It's it's make believe. It's just it's just not real. What's real is what's here right now. The past is not real. I mean it happened, but it's not happening. It's it's not real in the sense that it's here now. It's just a memory, and you either give that memory power or you take power away from it by just seeing, you know, it's just something that happened in the past. Whatever. I don't care. I have little use for all that. I rarely think about it. So the first step is making a commitment. The second step is is just seeing the past is the past, and it's got no power over you. It, your past is not making you do anything it can if you choose to but it's it, you're not a victim of the past you're you're not acting and behaving and doing things um because something happened when you were 5 years old no you're responsible for your choices now okay the third thing to put the past to bed is really to ask yourself what are the lessons that I can take away from the past. Like, there's a lot of things to learn from mistakes we've made, from things that have happened in the past. There are some real learnings. Otherwise, if we don't do this, then the, like history will repeat itself. Remember that statement? If you don't learn the lessons of history, it's destined to repeat itself. So you, you do want to get any lessons or any learnings from your past. How can, how can what happened to me in the past, make me a wiser person, a more compassionate person, a person who is, has better understanding about making agreements, about taking responsibility, about feeling feelings or, right? So there, there are a lot of lessons you can learn from the past. And when you feel like I've, I've, I've learned like that relationship, that situation happened in my life to teach me something. Even it, even it was 20 years ago, you went through something because life was going to teach you something because of it. It might be painful. It might be awful, but perhaps it teaches you something. Have you got those learnings from it? When you get the learnings from the past, it's like you cut the cord. It's like it's, now it's really not necessary. I've learned from it. It's done. I'm a better person because of it. I'm wiser. I won't make that mistake again. But now there's no need to hold on to it. So the first is you make a commitment. The second is you just remember the past has no real power here unless I give it power. The third is I want to make sure I've learned everything I'm supposed to learn. And then fourth, whenever it comes up, you let it go. Whenever a memory or a trigger or an energy that you know is from the past... Very often I work with people and something happens in their lives and they're upset by it, but they're upset to a degree that doesn't match what actually happened. And they usually recognize, yeah, it's not about what my boss said to me. Okay, my boss said this and it was kind of mean or kind of nasty, but my reaction is so big right now. I am so triggered by it that you know what? There's something more ancient here that's getting triggered. There's something from the past that's way before my boss that's coming up right now. It's not about my boss. This is about something much different. So when that happens to you, you simply let go. It's like that energy comes up in you, that energy of feeling abandoned. Okay, That, That feeling comes up and you can either grab a hold of it, start talking about it, Start worrying about it, obsess about it, get revenge because of it, act on it, or you can lean away from that energy that comes up. Just lean away and let it pass by. Just let it go. Don't put your hands on it. Don't act on it. Don't talk about it. Don't go to all your friends and say this and that. You probably have already talked about it with all your friends like I did with my friend ad nauseum. The last thing you need to do is talk about it again. Oh, my abandonment wound got got hit again. No, just feel that energy come up in your body. Just be present with it and let it go. Just let it go. Not going to think about it. Really, that's not, we're not talking, I'm not telling you how to bypass something. I'm not telling you to repress something. No, not just the opposite. It's coming up. Don't push it back down. When you talk about it and obsess about it and freak out about it and tell everybody else about it, that's, that's repressing it. You're pushing it back down. You're keeping it. You're holding on to it by giving it attention. I'm saying just let it go. Don't repress it. Let it go like you would let a beach ball go that you're holding under the water. Let it come to the surface. Let it go. Let it come up. Maybe you let it go with sound with screams, with maybe physical gestures of moving your body in a way to let go of some of that energy that's, you know, some of the stuff that's in your vending machine. The button got pushed and here it comes. It comes out of the vending machine. Well, don't grab it and eat it and put it in your mouth and chew on it and tell everybody about how great your chips are. No, let the let, let the stuff come out of the vending machine and don't take it. Just leave it. <laughs> How's that for a metaphor? that comes out of the vending machine, just leave it there. I'm not taking you with me. I'm not going to open you up and look inside. I'm not going to put it in my mouth and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and talk about it and think about it and meditate on it and rehash it and relive it. And then I got to go get Prozac or Xanax or something because I'm all depressed or anxious. I can't sleep, right? Why do we have sleeping problems and anxiety and depression? Because the past is alive. That's what it's from. So, the more I use that metaphor, the more I like that. I'm kind of discovering this as I'm talking with you. (laughs) You're like a vending machine. And things are, you know, so you're committed to letting go of your past, which means I'm committed to, you know, I want to empty out my vending machine. I want to let go of all the things in the past. I have no use for it. Rarely think about it. Okay, great. Because... It's the past. It just has no power over me. It's just whatever. But I've learned the lessons from it because things have happened in my past. And now I'm wiser. I'm a better person. I'm a better partner. Um, I've made new commitments because of things that have happened in the past. So I'm, in a sense, grateful for my past because it's taught me. It's shaped me. It's made me a better person, made me wiser. Okay, great. That doesn't mean that, that a button will never get pushed again. But when the button gets pushed and something comes out of the machine, you're like, oh my God, I can feel, I can feel my energy. I just felt my body shift just now. I feel anger. I feel loneliness. I feel stress. I feel defensive. I feel I'm being attacked. I feel abandoned. I feel like I'm not good enough. Oh, my button just got pushed. And out of the little machine, the little things are turning. I can see through the window, and the little thing is turning. (laughs) And it pushes the little bag of crackers right out, and it falls to the bottom of the machine. And now it's laying down there. What are you going to do with that? (laughs) Are you going to reach in there and grab it? Here, let me share it with all my friends. I'm going to tell them all about my buttons got pushed and, And then have them agree, oh, yes, that person was horrible and how horrible that was for you. And oh, you poor thing. I can't believe that happened to you. And And you've done it a thousand times, right? That So the little bag of goodies is laying down there in the bottom of the vending machine and you are going to either, okay, I'm either going to grab it or I'm going to walk away. I'm leaving it. I'm not going to put my hands on that. There's nothing good in there. I'm leaving it. Now, if you keep doing that, what happens is your buttons keep getting pushed. And the bag of chips keeps getting released into the bottom of the vending machine and you keep leaving it there. Pretty soon, the buttons get pushed so much that everything, the machine's empty because they've all fallen down into the little bin. And now when somebody pushes a button, nothing comes out because you're not reloading it with things from the past. You know, something new happens. Ooh, you store up that bad experience. Now it's a new bag of chips in your vending machine. (laughs) Have I lost you completely (laughs) with this? (laughs) So really what you do with the past, how you get to the place that Eckhart's talking about, is first you say I'm committed to letting go of my past. I, I'm 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 not gonna be owned by it. Right? The second thing is I'm just I'm just recognizing the past is not here now, it's not real. It has no power over me. It doesn't really matter what happened ten minutes ago or ten years ago, it just doesn't matter. And then but I have learned because things happen to me and they shape me and they teach me. Life has been teaching me things all along the way. I'm grateful for all my partners and all my experiences because it's, it's, it's taught me things that I wouldn't know otherwise. So great. That's fantastic. So now you're living your life and then, then buttons are going to get pushed. They are. They're, you're you're going to get triggered by shit. You're going to, you're going to feel threatened. You're going to feel scared. You're going to feel like, like defensive. You're going to feel judged. You're going to feel somebody's ignoring you or whatever you whatever your buttons are. Mine are not feeling seen or not feeling noticed. Not People not thinking I'm special. Anytime someone acts anywhere close to that, my button of I'm not good enough gets pushed. Okay? Now, in that moment, there's nothing wrong with the button getting pushed. There's nothing wrong with having that feeling come up like, oh my God, I can really feel that they don't, they're not respecting me that they think i'm not good enough they're putting me down they're ignoring me they're not recognizing my value however i want to phrase it i can feel that energy in my body i can i can tell someone oh yeah my button's pushed right now because i can i can feel what happens in me i i can feel the sensations i can feel The emotion, I can feel my mind starting to tell me, oh, you're not, they they think uh, that you're average or whatever it might be. So I know I'm triggered. Now at that moment, I have a choice. Am I going to grab that bag of chips that just came out of my vending machine? Or am I going to leave it there and walk away? The more often you walk away, the, the machine's getting emptied. But the more you grab the chips, the more you grab a hold of something that's been triggered in you, you actually restore the machine. You put more shit in it. Because whatever you put your attention on grows. Whatever you resist persists. Whatever you fight against, you strengthen. So if I put my attention on the trigger and what's coming up. And if I give it my attention and I start talking about it and reminiscing about it and taking action on it, I'm, I'm, I'm making it grow. Now I'm, I'm, I'm getting more baggage. I'm putting more baggage back in my psyche. But the more times that a button gets pushed and something comes out and I can feel it coming up, here it comes, man. Here's the, here's your thing, man. Here's your wound. That person just pushed that button. And if I don't touch it, If I just take a breath and walk away, I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it. Then it's like the machine little by little is getting emptied. And I expect one time in my life where someone is going to clearly disrespect me by not noticing something that I've done or I've accomplished. And it's not going to phase me a bit. They're going to push that button, whether they know it or not. They're going to push that button. You're average. You're not good enough. And I'm just going to be like, I might not even notice it. Somebody might say to you, Roy, did you notice that person kind of kind of really made fun of you there that they they really were disrespectful? I'm like, really? I don't, I don't know. I didn't even notice it. Because there's nothing left in my machine. Because I've been practicing, don't grab the shit when it gets triggered. When it comes out of the machine, don't grab it. Walk away, walk away, walk away, walk away. Pretty soon the machine's going to be empty and people can push buttons all day long. Life can push push buttons all day long and I'm just not going to have a reaction. I'm just going to be with what's happening. I'm going to respond, but I'm not going to react. And that's what Eckhart's talking about. So that's a four-step process. How do you get to the place where you can, like Eckhart, say, I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it. 1 you're committed you're committed to letting go of the past 2 you recognize the past has no power it really has no power 3 you've learned the lessons from the past so you've made use of it which makes it easy to let go and then 4 whenever a button gets pushed you you just say i am not getting involved I am not putting my hands on it. I'm leaning away. I'm walking away. I'm letting it come up in my body and pass right through. I might share with someone and say, whoo, you can't imagine what just happened just now. I got My buttons were really pushed and I felt this weird tightness in my belly and I just wanted to be defensive and I just let it go. And and I just, I just want you to know because I want you to know me because I want to be close to you. So I wanted to share with you what happened inside of me just now that's different Talk sharing with someone how you let something go because you want them to know your experience is different than going to them and telling them that person is such an asshole for what they said to me I can't believe it just reminds me of my father my father was never this way for me and you know, life has always been this way don't you agree that it's poor me don't you agree that people have been so mean to me right that's a whole different conversation right that is having a lot of use for the past and always thinking about it. That's strengthening the grip that your past has on you. That's not weakening its grip. Okay. Now, this is one of those things, there's a lot more to be said on this. In fact, in in my newest book, Relationship Boot Camp, uh, maybe maybe this is the resource. Um, Eckhart Eckhart's books are good for for this as a an additional resource to study. But frankly, um, there are six chapters in my new book, Relationship Bootcamp, chapters eleven through sixteen. Um, I've had other people say this, so it's not me. Other people have said that they f- they feel those six chapters are the best things they've ever seen in print on how to let go of the past. So if you feel like you need to make some progress in letting go of your past and stopping the collecting of bad experiences and all the ramifications of doing that, then you, you just need to read those chapters. The section on your relationship to your past in my new book, Relationship Bootcamp. Okay, that's your homework. And I'm right here to work it with you. That's what I do as a coach. That's one of the major barriers to attracting lasting love is you're hung up on your past. There's no room in your heart for someone new. You got trust issues. You have baggage and it makes it very difficult for you to open your heart to someone. That's why you might be single. Not because you don't know where to go on Saturday night, for God's sakes. That ain't it, right? It's stuff like this. And as a coach, this is what I help you break free of. Because once you break free of that, oh my God, you're going to meet somebody just so naturally and so easily. There's single people everywhere. The only reason you're not meeting them is because there's something going on in you that you won't let it happen. Or you're pushing them away. You're turning them off. Or you're scared of letting them get close. Right? So you're keeping yourself single. Do you know it? And one of the ways you do it is by keeping the past alive in you. All right. So if you want some help on this, Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Call me. My cell phone number, 407 And until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.